Hi, my name is Jasmine Gordon, and I'm here today to discuss sleep violence, violence while sleepwalking. There has been a case of a man stabbing his wife 44 times and then dragging her body into the pool and holding her head underwater. Should this man be held accountable for doing this? He was completely unaware of the fact that he murdered his wife while sleepwalking. I think that people should be held accountable for the crimes they commit while sleepwalking. It really does sound scary, like something that would happen in a horror movie. People that have REM sleep disorder may have dreams that result in major violence. Several cases have been recorded of people committing violent crimes but claim they were asleep the entire time. Can this actually be used as an excuse for committing crimes? Just to close your eyes, walk around, kill a person, and say you don't remember anything? According to Dr. Chris Lades, REM sleep disorder occurs in less than 1% of the population. This makes it hard to believe that so many people are claiming to be asleep when committing crimes, but if only 1% of have this disorder, are these people really telling the truth? For the 1% that actually do have that 1% that actually does have REM doesn't remember any action that occurred during an episode of parasomnia. The reason that the reason people should be held re- responsible for crimes committed while asleep is if they were in fact sleepwalking, they would have absolutely no memory, which is a significant factor in support of parasomnia. There are several medical tests that can be done to assure this factor. Ultimately, none of these things can provide formal proof. It is nearly impossible to prove that was the root cause of any crimes committed. According to Cartwright, sleep-related violence is sleep murder possible. Scott Folliter's 1997 trial for the murder of his wife attracted international attention about if sleep murder is in fact possible. Scott stabbing his wife 44 times and then dragging her body into the swimming pool, holding her head underwater until the pool was a solid crimson red doesn't sound like a sleepwalking episode to me. Scott claims he was sleepwalking when he killed his wife. I don't think he was. There is no sleep test that can retroactively determine if someone was sleepwalking during a previous event, which proves my point entirely. It is impossible to prove if someone was sleepwalking, so why should we believe that Scott didn't plan to kill his wife and use sleepwalking as a cover-up? Many of Scott's actions were witnessed by a neighbor. His neighbor was awakened by the loud noises coming from Scott's house. He saw Scott walking outside of the house with no expression on his face. Scott's wife lying on the ground a few feet from the pool as she had already been stabbed 44 times. Scott rolled her into the pool and held her head under the water. When the neighbor called the cops, the cops said that Scott appeared confused and disoriented, then later was baffled and distraught. Bloodstained clothes and murder weapons were in the truck trunk of Scott's car. This clearly shows that this that this was evidence of Scott's attempt to cover his tracks. The most important piece of evidence is Scott's alleged sleepwalking episode lasted for 45 minutes. According to the medical encyclopedia, a sleepwalking episode usually lasts for about 10 minutes. So I think it is a very far stretch to say that Scott's episode lasted for 45 minutes. Whether he was truly sleepwalking or not, we should not forget that some sleepwalkers can be criminals too.
I believe that people should not be held accountable for crimes they commit while they are sleeping. If one person is unconscious, his or her actions should not be held against them if they have no remembrance. According to Zachary Crockett, the area in the cerebrum responsible for memory formation and information retention is inactive during sleep. Therefore, any actions that occur during an episode of parasomnia are not remembered. In a court case, it can be very upsetting for a client trying to prove his or her innocence without any memory of true parasomnia. According to Dr. Michael J. Bruce, a new wave of science has opened up to investigate sleep violence. The new science is called sleep forensics. Sleep forensics is a branch of medicine that looks and seeks to understand violent, strange, and behavior out of the normal related to sleep. This research is very important in our society because when the case goes to court, the defendant needs evidence to prove his or her innocence. The new science also helps explain behaviors during sleep when it is not criminal. The main process of the people in this field is to prove that sleep violence does exist and that it can occur. The issue happens much more than many people realize. The violence isn't common, but it is not extremely rare. Approximately 1.7 to 2% of the population experience some form of sleep-related violence. There are many factors that contribute to sleep violence, including history of parasomnia, alcohol and drug use, and lack of sleep. There are different stages of sleep patterns, which are REM and NREM. Many parasomnias, including those which can put a sleeper at risk for sleep-related violence, occur as a person moves between NREM, REM, and wakefulness. New scientific research shows that no single one of the states can take over the brain at once, which means that they can overlap each other and occur at one time, especially during transitions among the states. Characteristics of both sleeping and waking can be present. Sleepwalking, which can lead to violent sleep violence, is considered a NREM parasomnia, which can show that it usually occurs during the deeper sleep stages of NREM sleep. Many behaviors can occur during the time of sleepwalking, ranging from wandering around the bedroom to completing complex tasks, all occurring while the human is in stages of sleep. Scott had no history of violence of any kind, and him and his wife had no problems. I do not see why Scott would have any reason to kill his wife. I believe if Scott really had a plan to kill his wife, then he would have taken her somewhere where no one would see him, and I do not believe Scott would leave her body in the swimming pool in their backyard. Also, why would Scott put the murder weapons in the back of his car with blood on them? The last detail that really stood out to me is why would Scott stay at his house after he committed a murder and leave the body right outside? As long as you are in a dream, you have no free reign on your actions and emotions, says Voss.